Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. So the hot topic of the day, and we can't go anywhere without this uh, unbelievable hot topic, but all thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time, explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. It's all about Craig Randall II has parted ways with the Adelaide 36ers this morning. There was some rumours around Marzi last night. had been hearing things. I'd been hearing things. And this morning the club made it official. And Craig Randall, the superstar that's uh, basically delighted crowds, is uh, no longer with the club. It's incredible. It's uh, He exactly that. He's the one who has been bringing people in. To watch the 36 to play this year, they've obviously got a couple other recruits as well that are great to watch. But we did touch on it last week around the Brooklyn Nets with Durant and Irving and Steve Nash getting sacked. And it just shows how their superstars over there are a little bit bigger than the organization almost and the coach. Whereas it doesn't quite work that way over here because... CJ Bruton has still got a job and Craig Randall doesn't. So it's very interesting, the dynamic and how it's worked. And uh, obviously Randall has been released by the 36ers. Yes, he has. And uh, my partner in crime on NBL Live is joining us now. Uh, He played 359 NBL games, 199 with the 36ers uh, championship player. Rupert Sapwell. Sapper, welcome to Sports ASA. Gentlemen, what is going on in 36 (laughs) Well, uh, we sort of had a hint of it over the last couple of weeks, haven't we? And then uh, eventually it came to light that uh, Craig Randall has gone. What are your thoughts initially? Well, you know, we've got a good seat, haven't we, on game nights. And you can see the, you know, the body language and the, the, you know, it was just, it built and built and built. And I would say that, you know, it's been, uh, you know, the word and the whisper coming out of the 36ers camp over the last couple of weeks has been, Negative, but you know, and we've said it on the broadcast during games. Randall is a known quantity. Like he was, a, you know, incredible scorer, like a like generational scorer. He's a, as good a shooter as I've ever seen in this league. But he's just like this mad genius, and doesn't seem to be able to, you know, play well with people. And yeah, you know, I'll, I'll in, you know, in defence of of Randall though, there was a moment in the game on Saturday because he came off the bench and he, you know, he could have. You know, he could have acted like a brat during the game. He didn't. And there was a, a moment at the end of the third quarter where you know, he, sh- he shot a long three-point shot, like three-quarter court three-point shot. And when you're selfish, you don't take those types of shots because it goes against your stats. And Randall took it anyway. So, you know, I think Randall is redeemable. And I think he was, you know, he tries to do the right things, but, you know, he's just got this, seems like a crazy hot temper and gets into trouble. So they've let him go. You think that um, uh, it was more about the team and CJ? CJ 
probably initially you get this guy and you know that he might be a little bit hard to handle, but you think it was just too much to handle for CJ and the team? Well, yes, it's the short answer. I mean, there was a, you know, Randall, again, as I said, known quantity, played for the Long Island Nets. Adam Caphorn, the ex-Institute of Sport Australian coach, was the coach of that team. So CJ would have had great intel on Randall. Thon Maker was there as well. So, you know, like there's a, there's an Australian connection in that Long Island Nets team. So they would have known what Randall was like. He came out uh, today too that you know, he had to sit out the last five games of their season last year, despite being one of the leading scorers in the league, 28 points a game. So he's, he's had a little bit of a history of this sort of behavior and, um, you know, do the Sixers have to bear some responsibility for bringing that person in? Yes, of course they do because they know what type of player he is. And then, you know, it's, I guess it's a suck and see. They've had six games with Randall and, and uh, you know, it was one of those ones that tasted sour, not sweet by the end of it. So, Sapper, it's obviously a tough decision, but is it the right decision? On the surface, uh, yes, because there is a still a crazy amount of offensive talent on the 36 team. DJ gets more of the ball. Robert Franks gets more of the ball. Sunday, Detch has really struggled um, to find his niche offensively, but I think this will bring him into the game. It'll put the ball in Mitch McCarron's hands more because he is a, you know, a selfless floor general. So, yes, there are some positives for sure, but you know, Randall was getting and making shots that were not part of the offense. He was just creating incredible baskets. So, you know, he isn't, you know, bordering on maniacal genius in terms of his offensive talent but yeah there's only so much a a team culture can bear and you know what are you going to stand for and early enough in the season to try and right the ship they've got another import spot up their sleeve if they feel like they need it but they can have a real look now at what the team is going to settle down and look like in that situation Rupert you've been in a basketball locker room for many games um is do the players go to the coach? Do a couple of senior players go to the coach and say, this isn't working, this guy has to go? Or is it simply on the coach? Uh, well, you know, coach won't make a move if he's popular with the players. So I would say that that's, there's some onus on the players to give information. And how do coaches get information? You know, they can see stuff, but, you know, if there's not, you know, several players or you know, enough players come to them and say, hey, this is what this guy's doing, then, you know, of course the coach has to do that. Now, I'm not sure what happened at the 36s, and there's whispers that, you know, a couple of senior players went to someone and said, look, you know, um, don't like this guy, but, geez, it wouldn't be the first person to, you know, be unpopular with his teammates and still be, you know, a very important player. So, yeah, I wonder exactly how bad that situation was and, and uh you know, CJ ultimately makes a decision and he's a you know strong-minded guy and he's also an alpha. So there's no question that CJ is the boss of that team. He's not struggling with uh, you know, anyone listening to him, especially now. So I'd say that that's a you know, cleaning slate. And, you know, it's good for Randall too because, you know, if his, if his um, brand was going to suffer because he was coming off the bench or it was, you know, his natural game was going to be muzzled, he doesn't need to stay in that situation either. So I can see why Randall would, would have wanted out as well if he's you know, going to be assigned to the bench and not going to get the shots he wants. So you know, they said it was mutual, and I think uh, there'd be you know, an element of truth to that. I think uh, Randall would have wanted out uh, pretty quickly as well once he was able to read the landscape. And you know, it's uh, like I said, early enough that they can get it done. 
So there was obviously a lot of hype early in the season with Randall there. Now that he's gone, what do the 36ers need to potentially look to replace him? You've talked about how DJ and McCarron and these sort of guys will have more of a role, but what sort of player do they need to bring in? And if they don't bring one in, do you think they're still a championship contender this year? Uh, they don't need to bring anyone in, and they are still a championship-caliber team. You know, you can't have too many Chiefs. It just doesn't work that way. And, uh, you know, you look at what the Jack Jumpers did. Uh, they might even not have any Chiefs. They've got a whole bunch of Warriors who, you know, play hard and, and do that. Now, you know, does that mean that, you know, Sunday Detch gets more time and, and, you know, Mitch McCarron gets to run the point more? Like, I think this is genuinely addition by subtraction. So I don't think they need anything, but they do have an option to do that. So I would keep that import up my sleeve. And if an important player goes down with injury, as has been known to happen, you've got something, you know, ready to go. So I would say that uh, don't do anything yet. See how the dust settles. But I reckon they've got more than enough offensive talent to get it done. So, so you're you're happy for the club to be patient for a few? Is that like they've got a little bit of a break here? It's probably the perfect timing if you're going to make a change with your import. Uh, we've got the FIBA games on, so there's a two week break before the Sixers' next game, and their next three games are all away: Melbourne, New Zealand, and Perth. So they've got a bit of a tough run, and then they play Cairns at home in the first week of December. Um, you, you're still happy to just let this team run its course for a few weeks, maybe a month? before we look at another oh, import? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know, it is a tough month. So there's no, you know, I guess there's no delusions of grandeur there. They've got some work to do. And, you know, if we look at the disrupted preseason they had, you know, hey, isn't it great that we beat Phoenix Suns? But, you know, that we lost two weeks of preparation for NBL in amongst that. So they're underprepared. They came in underprepared. They got um, jumped early by a couple of teams that were more advanced in their team structures than they were, and they're behind. They're still catching up. And I would say that, you know, they just need more practice time, and that's the key to this. And I was at their practice today, and they were getting a, um, a lot in. Mitch McCarron not there because of the, you know, he's away with the Boomers and Coach Jamie Pillman not there as well. But for the most part, they, you know, they were working on their structure, and the ball moved really well. Everyone got to touch it. Uh, and there were signs of that in the game on um, last weekend, you know. Like, there was... There was good ball movement. There was an intent to try and do things. They were mixing up the way they defended high on ball screen. So CJ's not just rolling out the same game plan every time. There's, there's constant, you know, movement and, and uh, trying to get a more team-oriented game. So, you know, without Randall there now, um, you know, there's going to be a higher accountability for some of those other players, and I think they're up to it. So Adelaide's obviously played the seven games this year, three wins and four losses. Every other team's played virtually nine or ten matches so far this year. So I want to know, are New Zealand the real deal? And if they are not potentially uh, your favourite, who, who's probably the benchmark of the competition at the moment? Well, I love the way the Jack Jumpers are playing. I love the way New Zealand are playing. They just Their defence is next level. I mean, I mean it's, it's angry, it's intense. They're forcing players all the way out to the half-court line. Teams can't run their stuff against those two teams. So, yes, they're very good. Uh, Sydney were going to be great, but they've, you know, Xavier Cooks has just been injured and he's out two to four weeks. So, you know, do they drop a few games there and come back to the pack? I mean, people are still chasing the Sydney Kings. It's still them and, you know, a little bit of daylight. But, you know, Jack Jumpers have shown that last year's grand final berth was not a fluke. They're the highly 
integrated team and they play uh, an awesome style of, of team basketball. So they're good as well. I think they're the top three at this stage. Sixers have a lot to prove before they, you know, before I'm jumping on their bandwagon in terms of, you know, favoritism or anything like that. I still think they're right up there with the top two or three talented teams in the competition, even without Randall. So, you know, they put it together a pretty awesome roster. And now it's just a matter of trying to get those pieces to play well together. Sapper, thanks for your time. Really appreciate your thoughts on uh, a big day for the Adelaide 36ers. And uh, you can join Sapper and myself, uh, Rupert and myself, uh, every Adelaide 36ers home game is covered on SENSA. So uh, I'll see you, my friend, uh, when we play Cairns on December 2. Thank you, Bond. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.